Ready to uh, to take off once again, another edition, the Monday night edition of the Employment Hour. And uh, we figured we'd sneak a quick hour in before we lost every single listener to watching a basketball <laughs> game, which is, is, is really going to be sweet. I know, uh, pal, somehow you scored a pair of tickets, so you are chomping a bit to get down there. Uh, smartly, you'll be on the inside as opposed to the uh, the brave souls that have been there uh, braving under, I don't know, tarps at this point and umbrellas. They don't care. They are jacked for what could be the uh, the biggest sporting event in this city in in many years, as a matter of fact. And for those that have been hanging out since Friday, get a job. Seriously. <laughs> what are you doing down there for three days? I don't get it. How could you afford to spend that much time standing around? But uh, good on you for supporting the team. So we're, uh, we're taking this sucker home tonight, I hope. Five and done. Uh, Kevin who? Durant what? He ain't going to play, man. If he's going to play, he's not going to risk the injury of ripping that calf apart. So even if he's there, it's going to be more for uh, the visual and the antagonistic uh, angle of the game. But uh, go Raps for sure. Tonight we have got a um, a stockpile of emails we have been, uh, well, stockpiling for the last few weeks. I know people want to get their other questions answered about that. Uh, Severance Pay Calculator, that is the, the place to go to find out how much you're owed. It is severancepaycalculator.com. And, of course, the phone lines are wide open. We are ready for your calls when it comes to your uh, employment matters and your questions for one. One six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on your cell. So a week that was to get us uh, primed and warmed up, pal. What do you got? Hey, John, I, and I will do my best to to talk uh, intelligently tonight on the show and, and to focus on employment law. It's not going to be easy. No kidding. It's not going to be easy. I'm, I'm sitting here in the studio staring at the TV screen, looking at uh, you know the players practicing and, and the, the fans outside in Jurassic Park. I'm going to be at the game uh, you know, in about an hour or so. And, and gosh, what, what, a, what a great day to be in Toronto, in, in Ontario, in Canada. What a great to be a day to be a basketball fan, a sports fan. Uh, it's, I'm very, very proud of this team. And uh, let's, uh, let's hope they bring it home tonight but tonight and right now we're talking about employment law and workplace rights like we do on every show uh because raptors are not uh, you know there are things that may impact us even more uh, and uh, our job if something happened at work that didn't go our way or our boss did or said something or maybe we lost our job now we have to worry about supporting our family well we're looking at that severance letter is it is it adequate is it not uh all those things and much more give us a call right now to talk about those things uh there's always solutions to to all your workplace problems, I promise you. So don't be bashful. Don't wonder or don't assume that you know the answer. Try it out right now. Call us or if you want to connect with me on the air, off the air, I should say, uh, we'll give you that information. But week there was, a couple situations uh, that came across my desk just over the past few days. Uh, first one uh, I'll talk about, and, and this just <laughs> makes me shake my head. Uh, there's a particular uh, car manufacturer that operates in Ontario. I'm not going to give you their name. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they have an interesting uh, policy or practice, whatever you want to call it. If you are off work, if you have to take a sick day, or maybe yeah. you have a serious medical condition and, and you have to take time off work, they discipline you. Okay? Oh, nice. They give you warning letters. And if you get enough of these warning letters, you get let go for cause, supposedly, by the, by these uh, folks. Well, I had a, a, a lady that was exactly in that situation. Uh, she had some mental health issues. She had to take some time off. She was under doctor care. She, she actually had to be hospitalized at some point. And, and she kept getting these warnings. You know, you, you've missed another day, and this is unacceptable. And wow. when she finally came back, she was let go. And her employer, this auto manufacturer, said, we have cause because of all these absences. Well, my gosh, right now, I think we have our regular listeners uh, listening to this and shaking their head thinking, what is this employer thinking? And that's exactly what you should be thinking. What's wrong with them? Well, first of all, let's talk about the idea of discipline. 
the purpose of discipline is to correct conduct that's unacceptable. Right. So what are you trying to correct here? How dare you be sick? Don't be sick anymore. Don't go to the doctor to, to get treatment. Uh, it's absurd. It's absolutely absurd. So it's wrong to discipline someone because they're sick. Again, what are you gonna what are you gonna correct here? There's no behavior that the employee can control. And right. then to try to let them go for cause, that's nonsense. Obviously, that's not cause. That's not even uh, close to being cause. That's not even any form of misconduct. And beyond that, it's actually a human rights violation. If you let someone go because of their medical condition, that's that's illegal. You cannot do that. So this auto manufacturer is going to have a, a claim uh, knocking on its door very shortly uh, for wrongful dismissal and, and breaches of the human rights code. And I wanted to remind employees here that you can take time off if you are sick. Doesn't matter what the policy is in terms of sick days, it's irrelevant ultimately. If you are sick, if you cannot work, if you have a doctor saying you cannot work, that's it. It ends there. Your employer cannot do anything to you in that situation. If they even try, no, no, that's illegal. You get on the phone and call me. Uh, and this is a big company, John, we're talking about. They really should know better. Again, 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell and one triple eight two two five talk if you prefer to uh, call in uh, this evening and talk to us toll-free. You can do that. What else you got going on? Well, another matter that made me shake my head, this uh, came uh, from a call I had just before uh, the weekend. Uh, I spoke with a, a gentleman who uh, listens to the show, and he did what I told, what I say to do. And if you're being a, a victim of harassment, file a complaint, talk to HR, give the company the opportunity to fix the problem. And you know, many people do that, and they do it successfully. And most employers are going to properly investigate and take measures to fix the problem. Well, what happened with this particular situation? After he filed the uh, the harassment complaint, uh, his his uh, boss came to him. Uh, this was a harassment complaint about a, another employee, and said, "Well, I've decided that clearly you guys can't work together, so we're going to let you go." Uh, and oh. they let him go. So they let go the person that filed the harassment complaint. You cannot do that. Okay, that's called a reprisal. That's a violation of the Occupational Health and Safety Act. Again, it's illegal. You cannot let someone go because they filed a harassment complaint. If if you decided that they can't work together, well, then the other guy should be the one that uh, that's being transferred or let go, not the person filing the harassment complaint. So, right. By the way, they also lowballed him on on severance. Is a six-year employee. They offered him eight weeks pay, which is a third of what he's actually owed. Mm-hmm. And there's the reprisal. So I'm going to help him with uh, with that. But I stand behind what I said. If you are a victim of harassment, you have to give the company the, the the ability to fix it. Give them the opportunity to fix that problem. Most employers are going to do the right thing. They're not going to let you go or punish you in any way for filing that harassment complaint. And if they do, there's going to be significant repercussions. It's only when you've given the company the opportunity to try to fix the harassment and they didn't do it that you, you should deal with it externally. I can help you potentially treat that as a constructive dismissal. But when it comes to workplace harassment, remember, it's not acceptable. You should never have to suffer. You should never have to be the victim of workplace harassment. Try to give the company the opportunity to fix it. If that doesn't work, call me. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. By the way, help at employmenthour.com. You want to send over a uh, an email? We'll get to a bunch of those tonight. As I mentioned, we're getting through the inbox. But right now on the phone call, this is what you want to make live to us on the air. It is a live show. It is a call-in show. That's what we do. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on your cell. Get to uh, Sean. Hey Sean, thanks for hanging on for a couple moments there. How are you, pal? Fine. How are you? Good, sir. What's going on with you? 
Okay, so I worked uh, security for like 17 years, and uh, I was working with this um, this last company recently, and um, through a text message, he just basically said, I want my stuff back, and that was it. He never told me why. He, You know, he was very shady. You know, I, I, I did a lot of work for this guy. A lot of, like, he wouldn't even pay me for some of the stuff that I have done. Now, uh, since then, I've I've become a truck driver. Now, I, I've gotten out of security. That was the, the I've had it after that one. But yeah. So, so Sean, with this particular company that you've just told us about, how long did you work there for? About a year. Okay, and you were in security. And and Sean, how old are you? I'm 37. Okay, uh, and you, were you a security guard there? What kind of job work were you doing specifically? I was. He, I started as security guard and made up the uh, supervisor, and then he made me operation manager. Oh. Supposedly made me operation manager. I had the uplets and all of that and the authority that went with it, but not the pay nor the respect. Now, you were an employee. They were deducting uh, taxes off your pay? No. Uh, it was. We were, um, what do you call it? Um, Contractors? Yeah, so so he, so here's the thing, Sean, and, and I had a feeling that was the case. That's why I asked that. In in the eyes of the law, of course, you were not a contractor. You were considered an employee, not even a question. Now, he's not professional at all for letting you go through text the way he did. Absolutely, that's wrong. From a legal standpoint, though, ultimately it comes down to, to severance. He is allowed to let you go even by way of text. Again, I would never recommend that, but he is allowed to do that, but he has to pay you severance. For you, you're looking at about three, potentially four months of pay is what he owes you. Remember, you were an employee in the eyes of the law. I understand that on paper he, he thought or treated you as a contractor. That's that's nonsense. You had a regular job, etc. So you've been wrongfully dismissed, but this should not be difficult to resolve, Sean. So I want you to connect with me off air. Let's sit down and discuss this. Get uh, Let me get some more details. Yeah, three to four months pay, Sean, is, uh, is what you're owed here. Okay, um, I mean, because he's, he's, he was doing a lot of stuff, like trying to extort money out of other guards by making fake lawyer uh, forms and stuff like oh, that. Oh, well. so, wow. Well, yeah, yeah I, 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 luckily I'm not a fake lawyer, so I, I'm pretty sure I'm better than his fake lawyer, so it'll be fine. Yeah, I believe that. I believe that. <laughs> Sean, appreciate it. Uh, reach out uh, when you got a moment, one 821 5900 Help at employmenthour.com is the way to get a hold of Lior and his team. You still got plenty of time here. Just getting rolling here, 416-870-6400, star 640 on uh, your cell. Let's get to, uh, to Daniel. Hey, Daniel, good evening. How are you, sir? Good pal, what's uh, what's up with you? Listen, I just have a little problem. My wife was sponsored from uh, Switzerland over here to be a caregiver, and now when she got when she when she was before she got here, she was promised forty hours. She quit her job where she was, come here. When she got here, they said, "Oh, I'm sorry, that we can only pay you thirty hours." Is that right? It was a, it's a contract. So here's the thing, Daniel. Ultimately, if she can show that there was a deal for 40 hours, either there's a written contract or, or there's some other document that, that can prove that, then, yeah, she may have recourse here. That could be a constructive dismissal. She may even be able to to, to start a, a claim against him for unpaid wages, etc. But she needs to be able to show that that was the deal. Uh, is there something that can show that? I think so, yes. What's that? I think so, yeah. Yeah, okay. So so, here's, so if there is, and, and is she still working there? Yes. So obviously she'll have to consider whether she wants to get into potentially a bit of a dispute with them while she's working there. But if she does 
uh, if she's comfortable doing that, number one, and number two, if she can show that there was an agreement about 40 hours, then, yeah, absolutely, I can help her and we can discuss her options. I'd have her give me a call as soon as possible. But, again, I'd want to see how we prove the, the agreement about 40 hours. Okay, thank you. Yeah, you can give me a call off the air then, please. You got it. Daniel, appreciate that, and we will reciprocate and give you the number again. It's uh, well, pardon me, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred, and to help at employmenthour.com. We will take a short break. I see you there, Dave. Ring through and uh, hang on the line. We'll get to you and all of your calls as well. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on your cell and one triple eight two two five talk. That is toll free. It's the Employment Hour Monday Night Edition right here on Global News Radio. And yeah, hang with us right till the end. Four one six eight seven zero six. 6400 star 640 on cell is a number to call to get your questions answered here now you want to do it afterwards help at employmenthour.com and a reminder too if you're thinking about severance or if i kind of put the idea in your head based on what you've heard here on t- tonight or any other shows that we do here in the employment hour severancepaycalculator.com is the first place you want to go to find out you, what you are really owed accurately that's uh, the place to start even before the phone call to leor and uh, and his crew dave thanks for hanging on how are you good evening I'm good. Uh, I just had a quick question about overtime. Mm. Um, so I've been working with uh, a company uh, for about just over a year now. Uh, I'm an hourly paid truck driver. Right. And apparently uh, we don't get overtime until after mm. 60 hours in a seven-day period. Yeah, no, that that is correct for, for truck drivers. Unfortunately, uh, the threshold for overtime is much, much, much higher for overtime uh, for as co- when it comes to overtimes for truck drivers than for other uh, employees. So yes, uh, sixty hours is is uh, when overtime would be paid after uh, after sixty hours in a week. Okay, thank you. Thanks, Dave. All right, Dave. Uh, appreciate that call. We will uh, move on to Tanya. Hey, Tanya. Good evening. Hi. <laughs> I love you guys, by the way. You guys are so informative. Thank you. You're awesome. Go ahead. Um, another question. Um, there's the three sick days and then the two behavioral and three like family emergency days. What happens if you have like a doctor's appointment and you've used your three sick days? How does that work? Like if you need a doctor's appointment? All, all that means is you're not going to get paid for that time, but you can absolutely take the day or the half day, whatever you need for that doctor's appointment. So, you know, you, you could take 50 days. I'm not saying you go take 50 days, but you can take as no. many days as you need to if there's a legitimate medical reason, uh, but but you may not get paid for those days. Okay. Um, so should, like, say that if you have a doctor's appointment, should you back yourself up with a doctor's note? So I would, your employer? I would ask your employer if they require it. Uh, if they say yes, every time you, you, you're going to take a day off for, for sick reasons or for doctors, I want a doctor's note, then yes, they can ask you for that. Okay. Uh, some employers may say no. Some may say we'll let you know if we need it. Uh, so it's a good idea to know what your employer expects. It is up to the employer. They can ask for that. Uh, so uh, as long as you know, you can, you can plan accordingly. In worst case scenario, if you find out after the fact, that your employer needs a doctor's note, you can always contact your doctor and get a note. That that's not usually that difficult. But a good a good advice is always to fi- find out from your employer in advance if that's something they want and do they want it every time, etc. Okay, and maybe just a good idea just to grab one for paper trail for your own well-being kind of idea. I, I like, think I'm a big believer in that. Yes, very nice. <laughs> yeah, I agree, Tony. You should you should get a doctor's note, have it there, and uh, you know it, 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 you can never lose by doing that. Let's put it that way. 
Tanya, appreciate the call, and we know you, uh, you've listened before because you're, you know to document everything on paper. You know, word of mouth is just uh, absolutely no good, so you document everything for sure. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. Still plenty of time for you to call in, ask your questions, get some answers. Uh, anyway, again, severancepaycalculator.com is where you want to go if you want to find out how much severance you are owed. The inbox at help at employmenthour.com is starting to pile up. We'll, uh, we'll empty a bit of it here. As we uh, get some more phone calls lined up, Jordan up first says, I've been working at my company for 10 years. For the past three years, the company has accommodated my medical condition by allowing me to work an afternoon shift rather than a night shift. A few weeks ago, Human Resources asked for an updated medical note, which I provided. The medical note confirms that I'm still required to work the afternoon shift. In response, the company is now demanding that I agree to an independent medical examination to assess my need for accommodation. If I do not agree, I will be placed on unpaid, get an unpaid suspension. Can they do this? And do I have to agree? No, no, no. They cannot do any of this. And let's be very clear here. Uh, you know, I see this in situations where the company is saying, you know, we don't like what this doctor has to say. Maybe if we got another doctor, they'll say something different and then we won't have to accommodate anymore. Right. No, it doesn't work that way. Your doctor is judge and jury when it comes to your medical condition and any accommodation that you need. So as long as what your doctor says is clear, you know, this person needs uh, can't work night shift for medical reasons, whatever those medical reasons are, as long as that is clear. As long as that's unequivocal, then your employer cannot do anything. They can't decide they don't like it. They can't ask you or or certainly demand of you to see another doctor. So your answer should be thanks, but no thanks. I don't want to see another doctor. I'm comfortable with my doctor. Now, if they try to put you on an unpaid suspension, frankly, if they put you on a paid suspension, they can't because you've done nothing wrong. So in that case, that suspension will be a constructive dismissal. It would also be a human rights violation. Now, right. if you want to avoid all this altogether, let me let me help you. Let me send them a note, remind them of their obligations, and get them to back off, okay? Uh, probably the best way to go, but if they don't back off, if they insist on putting you on suspension or demand unreasonable things, that is absolutely a constructive dismissal. Mm-hmm. Your employer cannot ask you that, and they cannot punish you because you're following your doctor's advice. And a reminder, Jordan, you have the email address. Obviously, that's how you reached us. But one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred to reach out through uh, through the phones after we are uh, done here on the show. Plenty of time for you. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on your cell and one triple eight two two five. Talk to call into the show with the remainder of your time, our time here. On the uh, on the station and call in with your questions. In the meantime, we'll get to uh, to Deborah here quickly. Deborah says, "I've been employed for about 19 years with the same chain of stores, and I've been moved to several different locations across the GTA and Hamilton. When I was terminated, they only gave me three weeks of notice. They said I got three weeks because I spent the last three years at one of our stores in Toronto. Is this fair? I spent almost 20 years working for this business and feel that this isn't enough." So, okay. So as I understand it, there's there's a bunch of stores. She moves around from different sure. stores, and she spends the last three years with a particular store. Now they're saying, no, no, you're really only a three-year employee. So when we terminate you, uh, we'll, we'll treat you as a three-year employee. Well, it doesn't work that way. Of course, <laughs> it does not work that way. If she's being transferred from store to store, it's the company deciding that. So she is a regular employee that, and her entire 19 or 20 years count towards her seniority. It's not just the three years she worked with this last uh, store. Therefore, when it comes to severance, she is now a 19-year employee, and she should be paid like a 19-year employee. That may mean 17, 18, 20 months of severance. By the way, though, John, 
even if she was a three-year employee, which she isn't, Mm -hmm. even if she was, she'd be owed a lot more than three weeks' pay. Depending on her age and specific job she was doing, she could be anywhere from four to six months of pay. So either way, this is a wrongful dismissal. And I've seen this before when a company wants to uh, try to minimize how much they pay by way of severance by only focusing on your last stretch of employment. It doesn't work that way. Your entire employment history counts when it comes to assessing how much severance you're owed. Brian drops us an email here. He says, uh, Brian says, my employer has been adding some roles to my regular duties against my wishes. Some are small, but others are more significant. I've asked for a raise to reflect these changes, but my request was shot down without discussion. Not happening. Do I have an argument to claim constructive dismissal? Well, you do, and it really does depend on the types of changes that that are being put in place. You know, how big are they? How significant? How how much of a departure? are those changes from what you were doing before. Now, the, the, the thing that concerns me in a situation like this is if this has been happening over a long period of time right. and nothing was done on it, then you may have been considered to have accepted these changes. So I would want to know some more information in terms of when did this happen? Is it, did it happen a year ago or did it happen last, last month? If it happened last month, you may still be fine. If it happened last year, you probably don't have the ability to do something again because the law would consider you to have accepted it. So when it comes to changes, you don't want to sit on, the, uh, on your entitlements. You don't want to sit on your rights. If you're facing a workplace situation, your job is changing, your responsibilities are changing, more responsibilities, different responsibilities, if you cannot come to an agreement with your employer that you're satisfied with, you have to start thinking in terms of constructive dismissal. Because if you don't, later on, you're not going to be able to pursue it. So I want you to give me a call, and I want you to, to give me some more information about when these changes happen. Fingers crossed that they're recent, they're not too far uh, back in the past, because if they are, uh, it may be a, a tough thing to do anything about it. He mentioned a, a, a list of a few changes. So if it's if it's too far gone, if it's been a year and a half since these took place, does that mean they're absolved from uh, from caring about making other changes, or is there a small list that, he, like moving forward, can they make other small changes, or finally he can call them on something, or no, it's been too late, they've done too many changes, now you got to accept whatever they hand you? That's it's a great question. It really does depend on the types of changes right. that they made. You know, if they change five different things, it's going to be difficult to say that they can't change the other five things. So right. you know, it really does. Does depend. The more changes the company's made, the more leeway they have in the future to make additional changes. And that's another reason why you don't want to sit on your rights, because not only can you be considered to have accepted the changes and now you're stuck with them, by accepting them, you may have given the company the right to do more changes or other changes. And at that point, the job that you used to have is no longer the job that you have. And that could be a huge, huge problem. So when it comes to those changes, when it comes to changes to your job, do something about it. Call me. Let's talk about that. Let's explore this issue of constructive dismissal. If you don't, you may find out uh, later on that you're stuck. Is there a breaking point to how long you can let things linger? A few weeks, a few months? How, how much time does he have before you know, he's like, you know what, you've accepted it, brother. You, you know, know it, it really does depend on the change. Some some changes right. are very obvious. If your employer reduces your pay by 30%, you know what that is. You yeah. know what that looks like. So you'll have a very small window to uh, to to make do something about it, probably you know a few weeks, three weeks or so. On the other hand, maybe the company says, "Now we want you also to work on this other project." Well, you don't really know what that means. Is it going to be a lot of work, little work? Is it going to be the same work, different work? So you can try it out and see how this actually plays out, and then you can find out later. Wait a second, I'm doing something very different. I have to work double the hours. Well, once you find that out, 
you can pursue it even though it took you a while to find that out. So the more obvious the change, the shorter the window you have to do something about it. Cool. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale to call in here during the remainder of uh, time on this show or 1-855-821-5900 to reach out to Lior when the show is not on and ask your questions uh, there as well. Help at employmenthour.com is the email address. Jennifer, you're up next, says, I've been employed with my employer for 15 years. I've held different positions through my years of service with the company, but have never had to sign a written employment agreement with the company. I think you know where this is going. Last month, my employer asked me if I would like to transfer to a different department and asked me to sign a written employment agreement. There you go. I was told that I I was told I have to uh, sign the agreement in order to work in the new position and that this is, quote-unquote, standard protocol. Uh, I'm concerned about this agreement. What are my rights here? Do I have to sign this contract? Well, yeah, Jennifer, you you should be concerned about this agreement. You should actually be very concerned about this agreement because there's absolutely no reason why you should have to sign a new agreement just to take on a a job that your your employer asked you to take on. Nonsense. The only reason your employer would want you to sign, by the way, John, this doesn't apply just to Jennifer, to any employee. The only reason your employer wants you to sign a new employment agreement once you've already worked for the company is because that employment agreement provides for better terms than what you currently have for the employer. It provides the employer with better terms. For example, it may significantly limit your future termination entitlements. You may, it may be a situation that by signing that, you can give up on $100,000 worth of future severance. Or it could give the company the ability to demote you, change your pay, to lay you off temporarily. The list goes on. So the only time your employer is going to want you to sign a new agreement is if it's better for them. So, Jennifer, I obviously haven't seen your agreement. So best advice Shoot me an email with a copy of that agreement. Let me take a look at it. And if it does what I think it does, and I'm almost certain of that, that it does uh, provide for uh, or limit your entitlements, that it's bad for you, your answer should be no. And if that means you're not going to take that transfer, that is probably better. You don't want to take this transfer, sign off on this agreement. A year later, you're let go. Now you've lost on $100,000 worth of severance. Bad idea. Let me see the agreement. Please, please do not sign it. And for everyone at home, do not sign new employment agreements before you've had a chance to at least run it by me. Is there a chance that even with the new employment agreement, even if she does sign it, say say you don't look at it. She just says, hey, you know what, I'm going to wing it. I'm going to sign it. It doesn't mean it's ironclad, does it? It may, they, it may come to the point where she does let, get let go. Then she decides to call you. You have a look at the agreement that she signed midstream, and you say, you know what, it doesn't matter anyway. This thing doesn't hold water. Is that possible? It is possible. Not only is it possible, it, it happens more often than not where there's right. different ways to get around right. unfavorable terms of an employment agreement. That said, that's always kind of the last resort, okay? If we're in a situation where we've already signed it, well, now we have to see if there's if there's something bad in it. Can we get around it? The better advice, the best advice is always don't sign it to begin with. Mm -hmm. I I always believe if you sign it, you have to be prepared to live with it. You can't hope that, well, I'll sign it because down the road, hopefully we can get out of it. Uh, We may be able to, but what if we can't? Then you're stuck with it. So, yeah, but but the the point that you made is very good, though. If you did sign an employment agreement and your employer says, look, it limits your severance, for example, it doesn't mean that it does. We may be able to get around it. I want you to give me a call in that situation as soon as possible because we may be able to get around it. 
That number, by the way, one 821 5900 Help at employmenthour.com. And, of course, to uh, reach out here, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. That's to call in with the remainder of this hour and ask your questions. I know you got them. Bring them on. This is the perfect time to do it. It's costing you absolutely nothing but a couple minutes of your time. Get to an email here from Daryl as we get through the pile on this particular show tonight. Daryl says, I was just given a termination letter that offers me 12 weeks severance after four and a half years with the company. The HR manager says that if uh, I hire a lawyer, the company will re- <laughs> if I hire a lawyer, the company will refuse to pay me the twelve weeks. Do I have to accept the offer? Wow, what a what a professional uh, HR person! What a professional uh, pressure tactic! That's all yeah. it is. Okay. Keep in mind, the law decides how much you're owed. Not me, not John Scholes, not the employer, not the HR manager. Okay, the law takes care of that. So if the law says you should get more than 12 weeks, well, your employer is going to have to pay it. Whether they want to, whether they're upset that you hired a lawyer, etc. Now, obviously, I don't have all the information. But unless you sign an employment agreement that limits your entitlements, you're going to be owed a lot more than 12 weeks pay for, I guess, four and a half years. It could easily be six months pay. It could even be yeah. more than that, depending on, on your age and position. So don't worry about that. Uh, you're not going to lose your severance because you're owed more. You know, the example I'm going to give you, if I say, you know, if, if someone owes you $100 and they say, well, I'll pay you 50 but if you hire a lawyer, I'm not even going to pay you that, you'll, <laughs> you'll look at them like they're crazy. It's like, no, you're going to pay me 100 whether I hire a lawyer or not. That's so right. do not worry about that. It's a pressure tactic. It's all it is. It's nonsense. I do the right thing. Call me and I'll help you. Dana's next says, I've been off on a stress leave for two months, but I uh, don't want to go back to work, mainly because I'm afraid of how I'll be treated. What do I do? Well, you know, if, if you're afraid of how you've been treated or you have been treated badly, I want to know if there's a record. Is there a way to establish what happened? Okay. Uh, you know, can you show that you've been mistreated? Did you speak to someone about it? I would like for, for, for you to give the company an opportunity to fix that problem, like I was saying earlier on the show. Now, if you spoke with HR, this, is there a record of that? Did, did you uh, did you send an email? Did they get back to you? My concern of not just not going back to work is if we can't show why, what actually happened, because the company's not going to admit it, then we may not have anything to do. If, if you're in a situation where you don't want to come back to work or you can't come back to work because you've been treated badly, that's a constructive dismissal. Even though you're the one deciding not to come back to work, you're doing that because of what happened in the workplace. Well, that's fine, but you have to show what actually happened. So if there's something that you can already establish in terms of the mistreatment, call me. Let's deal with it right away. We can potentially get you a severance. It's a constructive dismissal. No problem. If you cannot, you may want to go back to work and start documenting things. If you're, they're going to treat you badly, documents. And uh, have a, a journal or a, or a binder or somewhere where you write down what happened. Send emails to HR telling them what's been happening. Document things. And once you have a few things you can document, then it may be time to treat it as a constructive dismissal. I don't want you just to leave uh, and, and, and walk away from your entitlements because we can't prove it. It's not difficult. To document. It's not right. difficult to create that written record, but you have to do it. If you already have done that, then you may be able to treat it as a constructive dismissal right now. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, and 1-888-225-TALK. You want to uh, take the last few minutes here and call through and talk to us. We'd love to uh, to talk to you. Bill, 
Uh, your email's up next. Bill says, I've been working for my employer for the last year. I'm considered part-time, but I work 30 and 35 hours a week. I think they will be letting me go. Do I lose my severance because I'm not full-time? This is actually very common. It is common, and it's a very good question. And, and the answer is absolutely not. Those titles, whether you're uh, full-time, part-time, uh, on contract, permanent, uh, seasonal, doesn't really matter. Uh, it, it doesn't impact your severance. It's very simple. If you have a job and then you lost that job, you're owed severance. And f- part-time employees do not get less severance than full-time employees. When it comes to severance, we look at your compensation, your average compensation, and we use that figure to calculate your severance. So if you're working 30 to 35 hours and your average compensation, you make uh, uh, $4,000 a month as an example, well, then $4,000 a month is the figure we'll use to calculate your severance. And if you're owed uh, three-month severance, then that's three months times the $4,000 as an example. Right. So no, Bill, don't be worried about that. You, you don't get dinged, so to speak, because you're considered part-time. And by the way, you're probably not part-time if you're working 35 hours, but even if you were, you still get your full severance. Ron says, I've been struggling with a drinking problem over the last year. Says, I think my employer is starting to suspect that there's something wrong. And I'm afraid that they may let me go because of it. If I am let go, is there anything I can do? Well, I I think you can actually avoid being let go by being honest with your employer and telling them that you have a a problem that you're working uh, on on fixing. Because they may not think you have a problem. They may just think you're irresponsible. And then they can try to let you go. Because why is that important is... If you do have a problem and they know about it, it's illegal for them to let you go. That's considered a disability, like any other disability. So I would tell them the truth, to be honest with them, get treatment, okay, and and come back to work when you're healthy and they cannot let you go. Not only can they not let you go, they can't punish you, demote you, reduce your pay, suspend you. They can do anything like that to you if they even try. That's a human rights violation. Uh, that's a very ser- uh, serious matter, and I can certainly uh, make them pay if they ever do that. So be honest with them. Don't make sure they understand you're not being irresponsible, that you're not just, you know, going off uh, uh, for lunch and having a drink because you don't care about the job. If you have a problem, they should know about it. Got a couple minutes to go here. We'll get uh, get Joseph's phone call in. Hey, Joseph, how are you? Great. And yourself this evening? We are excellent. Uh, go ahead. Um, listening to you folks all the time, so you've got me curious. Brought okay. the gentleman on, it'll be five years to September, to do a siding job on a home. We have, I have a couple of large corporations. Brought him on as a contractor to do siding on a house. He ended up doing more work on the house. Here we're coming into four and a half years later. He's still with me. He bills me the end of every week, and I pay him the end of every week. But listening to you folks, I'm concerned that he may not be considered um, a contract staff and he may be considered a regular staff. So I'm just wanting to know where I sit. Now, smart. Joseph, uh, what kind of hours? And where he sits. (laughs) Sure. Uh, What kind of hours is he working with you? It varies. Um, He works more or less when he wants to work. He, um, we we have housing. We have a lot of uh, homes in this area. And he does jobs for me. And at the end of every week, and in just whatever hours he works, weeks, or, or he determines, hmm. and he bills me at the end of the week with uh, an invoice with his name, address, phone number, and all that, um, the, um, and his bill for his week work. Um, and, and it says right on the bill, f- for the period ending such and such right. a week, for wages and labor, yep. for, la- for labor and materials, and he bills me. Now, Joseph, do you know if he's working for others as well, or are you the only one he works for? 
he does. So no, he he works for others. Okay. Sometimes. So so um, it's actually likely here that he may be a contractor mainly because of the fact that he can decide whether he wants to do the job or not. Uh, and, and you know he's he's not obligated to come in every day and do a certain amount of hours for you. You know you have a project. You ask them. Absolutely not. So in that situation, he may be a, a contractor, but he's likely what we call a dependent contractor. So that's somewhere between an employee and an independent contractor. What that means, Joseph, is that if at some point you let him go, you may have severance obligations to him because he's a dependent contractor. The best way to deal with that is to have an agreement with this person, uh, a written agreement that allows you to, let's say, uh, end the relationship with them on, on little notice or two weeks or what, what have you. Because if you decide next month you're not going to use this gentleman anymore and he's been doing this for four and a half years, you could owe him easily a few months' pay based on what he er, uh, earns on average with you. So that's something to keep in mind. But he's probably not an employee based on what you've described. All right. Excellent. Yeah, I've never heard of a dependent contractor before never heard that Mm -hmm. expression before so the call is worthwhile and if we don't have any work he may phone and say any work today and i just say yes or no and he does or does not come to work accordingly right Mm -hmm. yeah he's likely a dependent contractor Uh, and that's really only relevant if you end a relationship with him that could be there could be significant liability at that point an agreement is what you need if you want my help to put one together happy to do so Joseph, appreciate the call. Thank you for listening as well. And that's uh, that's what happens when they listen enough. They end up calling and getting wiser. If we didn't get to your call uh, this evening, we are back here Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. Of course, the weekend shows, and if you have employment hour at 30, that happens on Global TV and CTV on your weekend mornings. 1-855-821-5900 to reach out. Now that we're done, help at employmenthour.com through email and always severancepaycalculator.com.